Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 194 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, we are closing in on that number 200. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hi. And uh, we're about to get all boiled up, aren't we? Uh, oh, with, that's very good. With a, a, a triple a triple helping of, uh, of Danny Boyle uh, films. Actually, his first three films, I believe, we're covering, aren't we? Um, so we're going to cover uh, Shadow Grave. We're also going to cover Train Spotting and yep. leading into the um, recent release of uh, T Two Train Spotting. Um, his first two films. First, yeah, yeah. Sorry, his first two films. Of course. Okay, yeah. cool. I thought there was one I was supposed to watch then. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you get worried and thinking, shit, I haven't watched a life lesson yeah. on Rue. I, I spent I spent Sunday morning watching the Sadako versus Keiko when oh. I could be watching a Danny Boyle film. Yeah. So I'll talk about that. Ah, cool. Right, so yes, so we're gonna we're gonna chat that. We'll uh, we'll do probably a little bit of speed round uh, what we've been watching uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. on that, uh, and obviously uh, we'll do. Uh, I, I have virtually no trailers because this this fucking now out about at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But we will actually we'll do a little bit of uh, Oscars chat. I would think. Um, before oh, fuck yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. We won't. We won't go. I'll say the reason why people we won't go into the Oscars chat too much. We'll just do like a, a skim over it. Um, and the reason, um, reason why we're, why we're going to do that is we are planning on having uh, Brad on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been, he's been, what, he's been chomping at the bit to come on and yeah. talk Oscars actually. So we'll get that going. So we, you know, we'll, we'll go over it and, and, and mention it and discuss it a little bit. But we'll get more into the kind of the into the, the meat of it a little bit more when we've got Brad on because uh, he's like our Oscars and our awards mm. season correspondent that we like to bring mm. in. Uh, and he's he's always a great chat with that. So there'll be a, mm. an episode probably closer to the actual the Oscars themselves once so everything's kind of built up a little bit. Uh, I would go, go. yeah, and, and we'll go from there. Um, so Ian, is there is there anything that's happened uh, this week that 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 we kind of do we need to mention? Um, no, we lost, we lost John Hurt. Which was... Yeah, man, that was. I mean, the the thing is, I think he'd announced that he'd been so he'd, yeah. he'd suffered from cancer a while back. So that doesn't quite feel like the damn you 2017. Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's it, a it, massive it's... shame the guy's gone. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's it's not a it's not a it's not like he was taken too soon everyone's taken too soon but mm. it is one of those the guy was 77 years old um and for, i read something an interview i think with, I can't remember, with his uh his, his recent partner or um one of his close friends or something like that who, who said that you know the last time he spoke to him he'd, he'd mentioned and said i think i've i think i've done everything i want to do and that leaves me very happy uh, it. and you thought do you know what and I, I was saying, um, I, I, I had the pleasure of spending an evening uh, in John Hurt's company when I met him in a pub once uh, and asked him if he was John Hurt, which I knew he was John Hurt, uh, but he was sat a couple of tables down from us uh, and he he was John Hurt and he turned around when I sort of said, you know, I'm a huge fan. Um, and he turned around and said, oh, well, thank you very much and turned around and we thought he was just turned around to sort of acknowledge the fact we'd sports him, but he wasn't. He was on his own, so he turned around and spent the rest of the next couple of hours just sort of chatting to us which was incredible that's brilliant and it was just it, it was essentially just sort of he was just chatting about oh, I working with David Lynch and working with you know all these all these people and you know travelling and all these things and just chatting just like a, a normal guy um, was, was just was, was thoroughly lovely 
And when I said to him that I, I, well, I was a little bit drunk and said, I honestly, mate, I, I could listen to you read the phone book. And his response mm-hmm. was, um, why would you give me something as boring as the phone book to read to you? Surely we can think of a better story than that. That's a fair point. And I'm saying, that, that, that is, is just the perfect answer. We can, surely we can think of a better story than, a better story than that, my boy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was very sad. But when you look back at his career, that sad. Ah, hell, a hell of a career to look back on. It's it's incredible. Uh, his work. He is like the British Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm. I like that. Yeah. No. I mean, it's um, yeah, it's about. Yeah. I mean, let's not talk about the world. Um, let's not. No. I'll um a quick gaming minute. Yeah. Um I've spent four hours forty minutes over the last few days playing the single player of Titanfall two, which is great. And if you like your games and if you like your first person shooters with a bit bit more going on with the gameplay, Titanfall two wall running is the funnest thing. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun jumping from one wall to another and having to make sure you're keeping the momentum and whatnot. It's a blast. And there's a level where you have a little wrist thing and you press it and you go back in time. You press it, you go back forwards in time again. And there's bits where you have enemies both in the past and in the present and you have to maneuver around them by constantly switching between the past and the present and confusing them. It's amazing. That it's sounds, so good. That sounds like that's, that sounds. That sounds way beyond what my brain can compute with computer games. It's really fun, though. Um, it sounds it. <laughs> yeah, very, very short campaign, like literally four hours, 40 minutes. I beat the fucker and I died a lot. Um, but yeah, really fun. So there you go. That's Ian's gaming minute. Um, yeah, let's not talk about trailers. Eh? I don't think there's even been anything. Uh, not that I can think of, no. Um, I, every time I go to the cinema, I get more and more excited about the fact that there's a Logan trailer. Yeah, man, that thing is um, so good. Yeah, and that like literally that seems to be on every single film at the moment, doesn't it? I I I I just colossally excited for that movie. Um, what else? There, there was something else I saw. And I can't remember what it was. I saw another trailer for something else. I can't remember what it was at the cinema and thought, ooh, ooh, I like the look of that. Uh, but then I, I obviously didn't like it that much. Cause I can't remember what it was. Um, so uh, Oscar chat. Um, yeah, best picture. Uh, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hella High Water, like you did predict there, Ian. Uh, mm. Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, uh, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Um, early favourite, obviously, is, is is La La Land for that. Um, any, and I hate the word snub. I despise the phrase snub. The minute when the Oscars were all announced. And you saw a, a litany of people going, oh, I can't believe Blau was snubbed. No, it just wasn't nominated. It's not snubbed. It's not was, snubbed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised that Silence didn't really do much, but... I, I was, and I was Slightly, also. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think it deserved to be in the Best Picture noms. I think it deserved to be in the Best Director noms. But am I surprised it wasn't? Not really no it's a hard sell of a movie even to the academy mm. that's the thing it's uh you know if you're backing that movie you don't know they literally have looked at that and gone hang on a minute if we back this 
are we supporting whitewashing? Are we criticising the Catholics? Are we criticising the Buddhists? Christ, is there any Jewish people? Don't we criticising them? Oh, God, yeah. I don't know. Let's just not nominate it and hope nobody notices. Mm, uh-huh. <laughs> and it literally, because they know Martin Scorsese isn't going to come out or a lot of people aren't going to come out and go, well, why was it nominated? People will just go, strange it wasn't nominated. No one's going to be up in arms and go like that. But I do think it was because they thought, shit, who are we going to piss off if we nominate it? Well, we can't piss anybody off if we just don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the the, the victory for Scorsese was getting it made anyway because it was That's such it. a passion project. So, you know, whatever, it's fine. He, Scorsese's going to be okay, I think. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's going to be fine. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I I was pleasantly surprised to see a rival in there. Um, mm. I didn't quite think that was going to happen. Um, I, I, I mean, it was interesting as well, people talking about Amy Adams being shut out. And... I would say, and we'll probably get into this with with Brad, but last year it was Oscars So White. This year you've got three women of colour nominated for Best Actress, is it? Um, or is it two? Like um, One. Best Supporting Actress, you've got three. Okay, sorry, yeah. So, hang on, who are the nominees for Best Actress? Best then? Actress so- is... Uh, um, for Elle, uh, Ruth Nager for Loving, Natalie Portman for uh, Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I suppose... I've got to watch Florence Foster Jenkins now. But, yeah, um, even though Brad worked on it, so really I should anyway. But, um, I I mean, yeah, Meryl Streep, does she really need another nomination? No. That's that's, Um, that's why I'm curious about that, because... Let's be honest, in, in the past few years, Meryl Streep has got nominations for being Meryl Streep. Yeah. Um, and it, what I would like to know, is with, what I'm curious about with Florence Foster Jenkins is whether or not that is a nomination because they've gone, right, oh, Meryl Streep was in that. All right, yeah, we'll nominate her for it because that's just it. And if that has kept out, um, for instance, uh, Amy Adams for Arrival, then it is a little bit odd. Not turn animals. It is a little bit like, well, you know, Meryl Streep doesn't. It's like they're like like they're just giving her more and more nominations just to try and get her because I think this this put her as the most nominated single person ever for Oscars. Mm. Yeah, I. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I need to see it, but I mean, but but my my original point, though, I mean, I suppose it's just like. I mean, Ruth Nega for Loving, I think, was kind of a surprise because that film's not got any traction whatsoever, yeah. really. Um, but it's like, would people rather have Ruth Nager in there or or Amy Adams? Because it kind of feels like she might have been fit, fifth place here, Ruth Nager. And I think overall, people would probably rather have Ruth Nager in there. Um, I mean, Amy Adams is very, very good in Arrival. Yeah. Is it best actress material I'm ever, I'm slightly unsure of that. Well, um, the thing is, Loving isn't that Loving's only major nomination. Yeah, it might it might have some craft stuff going on, but yeah. And, well, but, but then again, apparently Ruth Nigger is fantastic in that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, apparently she's the best thing about the film. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll find out soon. I think it comes out over in a couple of weeks. So and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's it's yeah. Jeff Nichols, man, I watch anything he yeah, does. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's mine. Same. Jeff Nichols is very much my jam yeah yeah exactly so i mean it, it just it's um 
Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, Hidden Figures. I'm really looking forward to Hidden Figures. I'm very much looking forward to Hidden Figures, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I suppose, yeah, like you say, we'll talk, we'll talk about it more with um, Brad. But, I mean, the thing is that I, there are a few of those Best Picture ones that I haven't got to yet. Yeah, I've, which got, is I've got some Lion uh, Hidden Figures on Moonlight. Yeah, um, actually. Or Fences or Hacksaw Ridge, actually. Uh, I've got a few watch. Yeah, I've got I saw Hacksaw Ridge this this week, but other other than that, yeah, I'm I'm the same. So you know, a lot of good catching up to do in um in in February, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, good. <laughs> you know, I don't really know what else to say at the moment without um yeah, without I mean, going into it. Yeah. it. I, I don't think there's there's I, there was no there was not a single one with the exception of director where I did think ooh, what's it was a very well shot movie um, for Scorsese, but but. You know, it, it, me and Dennis Villeneuve, you know, I haven't seen that so much, uh, but, you know, La La Land, they, they're all, there's none, there's no one there where I go, well, that's a bit of a talking fucking thing. I, it, I've got to say, I wouldn't, I'll talk about Hacksaw Ridge later, but I wouldn't give, I'd, I'd give Mel Gibson a nomination for the second half of the film. The first half of the film is Razzie worthy. So, yeah. the first person that said that. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's, there's obviously there's one big one in the big six that made me go when Ian actually told me it'd be nominated because I didn't notice that it'd be nominated. And my response was "fuck off?" Question mark. Oh, the lobster. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For original screenplay. Fuck. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. It's I love fucking that. Fucking retarded is that? How does that? I, I, I mean, I liked the lobster, but, but fair enough. Yeah. Fucking best. Best original screenplay, The Fucking Lobster. How did it even qualify? I thought it came out 2015. I didn't get a theatrical in the US until 2016. Fucking bullshit. I'm genuinely angry about that. If the, if that wins, I, that that's it. Fuck off. There's no there's no way the lobster no. wins. That getting a nomination was a victory, mate. You don't have to worry no, about that. No, no, no. Water's going to win that one. Yeah, La La Land will. La La, la I, I will say now... La La Land gets the most Oscar wins since Slumdog. I I have a feeling though that could be one of the ones it doesn't quite get. It's it's I think it's that or Hell and Hell or High Water. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I think supporting act is going to be interesting because Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali is getting a lot of buzz, but I kind of see Jeff Bridges spoiling the party there. Because he's Jeff Bridges. I think Michael Shannon might get it. Because it's his time. That would be hilarious. But there's also the other bit of nobody knows what he'll do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Has Dev Patel been nominated for two Academy Awards now? Did he get nominated for Slumdog? No, he didn't. The first one. Oh, right. Because I was about to just go, that fucking bravo on that kid. Because... You never thought it from when he was in Skins that he would go on to be an Academy Award nominated actor, but he has, and he's and whenever you see interviews with him, he comes across as a thoroughly, thoroughly nice guy. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, man. Yeah, um, oh, it, it's it, yeah, we'll we'll get into it more when we talk to Brad, but it is going to be it's good. I've, I always look forward to the Academy Awards. It's not, and it's like we've said every year, it it is. It's not the film that wins the best picture and the person that wins the best actor. They're not, that's it, it's fucking carved in stone that that is the best film of that year and that is the best performance of that year. If you don't agree, it doesn't matter. 
It really, really doesn't matter. The Oscars mean... The Oscars only actually really properly mean something to the fuckers who win them. Well, yeah, no, quite. And I don't know. I mean, it's like... it's in in a in a world where it seems like cinema is struggling for pop culture importance it's the one weekend of the year where the the attention does shift to films yeah um so i mean it's still it's still valuable for that as well um because i mean it, it is when you boil it down it is essentially a trade awards yeah, it is, yeah. you know you know so it just being an incredibly glamorous one but um yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the bloody thing live because I've got to um, watch Lottie the day after. So I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I might do it solo. Then. Um, I'll watch. Oh, Jesus it. Christ, good on you. I'll watch Spectacular because because I, I, I know I've already booked the day off, following day off, um, and I, I'm looking forward to. It. I like watching it. I like. I, might, it, I like getting angry. <laughs> I might try and I might try and negotiate with Donna, but I'll see how it goes. Maybe I could, like, she could go into work a bit later or something, and I could just sleep for like five hours or. It's just it, it is late. It's a late one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to cancel it last year as well. But yeah, anyway, we'll talk we'll talk about it with Brad um, in in the near future. Yes. So the first one we're going to chat about in our. Um, Boil a thon let's get boiled up. Um, is at Trainspotting, the 1996 cultural fucking touchstone. Um, I, I mean, this film was huge. Um, uh, I, I have the poster, I will admit to it uh, freely. Um, so it, it's gonna be again, it, it, it's, it's, it's always peculiar when we chat about these type of films uh, from this kind of era because we've been a few years apart, but they're quite significant years between. Mm. Sort of like, you live in, how old? 12 when this came out? 11? Yeah. 12, yeah. yeah. Whereas I'll have been 14, 15 when it came out. So they are, you know, the difference between 24 and 27 is nothing, but the difference between 12 and 15 is is quite a bit sometimes. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be interesting, of, you know, sort of looking back at it like that. So, yeah, it was Danny Boyle's second film. Um, based on the Irving Welsh uh, novel Trainspotting, starred Hugh McGregor, Ewan Bremmer, Johnny Lee Miller, Kevin McKinn, Robert Carlyle, Kelly MacDonald, and if you need me to explain the fucking synopsis for the plot for Trainspotting, then fucking hell, seriously, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? Because <laughs> you should yeah. have all seen it by now. Ian, how long has it been since you last watched Trainspotting? Uh, it's been a fucking while, I'll and say that. Did um, you buy it for 3.99 on the, uh, what is it? Uh, no, I actually bought the Blu-ray. Did you buy on the Blu-ray? Uh, but I also bought it for three ninety nine on uh, iTunes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because I well, the reason I'll tell you the reason why is because um, the Blu-rays are in my understairs cupboard, and there was something in front of it, and I thought, Do you know what, I'd pay someone three ninety nine to move that. So why wouldn't I pay three ninety nine and get the fucking movie on iTunes? It's a good way of looking at it. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I vividly remember when it first played on Channel Four. Um, it was like a Wednesday night and played at like eleven o'clock, and I think I must have been in like year nine, year nine or ten maybe at school, and like. I just I just remember absolutely buzzing about it, and um, Kelly McDonald had quite the impression on me yes, at that age. Um, I'll say that. 
Um, and but it wasn't a film for me then. You know, it was a film about youth, but I was pretty much too young for that film about youth. Um, so it was more like the kind of the, the shock value of it more than anything at that time. I mean, kind of like Reservoir Dogs in, um, in, in that respect as well. Um, but God, I remember as well, wasn't there a V eight, like an edited version VHS that was a green, like green backing, yes. not orange. There was. Yes. Yeah. God fucking hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, so anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, so it'd been a while. Um, I mean, I definitely watched it after um, after like seeing it in school, probably around uni or so. But I'd say it'd probably been about a decade. Um, and it's not lost any of its power, really, has it? I mean, no. it's. Um, I think it may be ever so slightly. Even I think this is appropriate for the film. But the last third where they relocate to London, I think it l- does lose a bit of its va va But I think that's the point. It's it's it is kind of the the, the come down really. Um, s- but that first hour or so is pretty blistering, both in a kind of lust for life kind of visceral sense, but also in its matter of fact harrowing shit i mean mm. i will say the image of the dead baby i'd completely wiped from my mind and that was intensely upsetting uh i had to i had to stop it for a bit to be honest um so there's that um but as a second film it's so visually confident mm. Uh, and right from the word go, uh, that it, it's it's kind of staggering, really. I think, um, and I mean, the the cast have all pretty much been never been better. I'd say. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, what's what's staggering? I think is um, when we when. And this links into something I'll say about TT when we when we talk about that uh, later on the show. Uh, going to Trinspotting, Hugh McGregor was a virtual unknown. You know, he made Shallow Grave, and that was pretty much pretty much it. Uh, Ewan Bremner was a virtual unknown, as was Johnny Lee Miller. Um, Robert Carlyle done a little bit of TV things and had yeah, done theatre, and Kelly McDonald, I think this was the first ever film she was in. Yeah, she starts uh, introducing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Trainspotting was was such a big film that it kind of launched these people. But what is testament to that? That can happen a lot where a film launches people and they become, you know, they get offers and they become known beyond that um, because of that. But that 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 filters away pretty quickly. Whereas 20 years down the line, uh, Hugh Gregor is still, you know, he's, he's still a Hollywood actor. He still is a big star. You know, um, you and Bremner still does a lot of theatre work and crops up in the odd the odd movie. Um, Robert Carlyle's gone to have a very successful career. Johnny Lee Miller the same, not as much in, in film or in, in TV, but you know he was in, and I think it's still going. The is it Elementary? The um, yeah, yeah, the Sherlock thing. Sherlock yeah. thing, yeah. Which I think he's he's still running. Is 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 one of those things that's. It's not my thing, it's passed me by, but it, it, apparently it, it's quite popular. Um, so they've all gone on to, and Kelly McDonald, you know, 
it's going to be quite big in TV in America and it films as well, you know. They've all gone on to have very successful careers. And it's amazing that, that and you can also see it with Shallow Grave, which we'll talk about later on the show as well, that Boyle had death in an eye, as an eye for actors. You know, mm. it, it, whenever there's, whenever he makes a film that is almost like an ensemble piece, which Trainspotting is a little bit, it's always strange how well he picks every actor. There's never a, there's very rarely, I think, a bad performance in a Danny Boyle movie. Now, isn't that just because Danny Boyle's very good at directing actors? Yeah, could be, absolutely could be. Um, but also as well, there's the other point of, is he just very good at, at spotting talent in terms of, you know, well, they're a good actor and they're a good fit for that. But it is, it's, it's, what's really strange is, it's a movie that's set in the 90s and it's very much about 90s life and it's very much about a... Um, it's a really sort of strange way to look at it. We were still living uh, in the 90s under... Uh, in 1996 under um, a conservative government. Yeah. Um, you hadn't had the, the Blair years and people will... You know, if you're listening and start... And I mentioned Blair years and people start... Their teeth start itching. There was an era of... Early nineties, late nineties, uh, early noughties, of of prosperity in in this country, and where um, youth culture was kind of embraced and things like that. Whereas at this point, it it, it wasn't. Even though the the I, you know, it's interesting that the the London section, like the montage that introduces it, mm. totally feels like you could put New Labour over that. It, it does, and, and I think part of that was was being driven by the fact that um, Danny Boyle. You know, was was foreseeing the fact that the that Thatcherism was was dying out at, at that time, and it was that the, the the younger people had kind of taken London and, and it, it started to become a cultural melting pot again, um, and there was a more of a care to this, and people were were doing things. You know, the problem is that the people that grew up in this movie. That are now in T two and like that, they're the people who have forgotten what it was like twenty years ago and are doing the grabbing everything for the fucking selves thing. Um, but also as well, it was you always got the feeling with uh, with Renton that he'd he'd almost become a heroin addict as something to do. Yeah. Um, and Sick Boy, his character there, you know, he's even referenced in the film. He can quit whenever he wants. He just likes that hedonistic lifestyle. He likes being that person. Whereas it's it's more something to do, but he is he he always sees himself as being a little bit above everything that's going on of all these people. That he can walk away from it and lead a very productive life, but he knows in his heart of heart that that Begbie is a psychopath and he can't, he's going to end up in prison. The, mm. the rest of the gang as themselves, that's it. They That's their lot in life. He's just waiting, Renton's just waiting for the chance for something better to come along. And that's that's where the whole movie kind of goes. It becomes his time to go, do you know what? I'm kind of done with this. And he sees the opportunity and he fucking takes it. I mean, that that's the fascinating thing about train spotting, isn't it? That you, you've got this guy who's, not an anti-hero because he's not necessarily a bad person, but you. But amazingly, you like the guy, but he fucks over his friends. 
he's a heroin addict and you know he disappears and as as you kind of see in t2 he doesn't come back for 20 years you know i mean and and yet that that shit-eating grin at the end is like fascinating because it's how do you read that is it a happy ending or is it just a this guy's a prick and he's gotten away with it yeah it's Um, uh, but it's a little bit like right is he gonna go and spend that twelve grand that he's got? I love the fact that it's just twelve thousand yeah, pounds. Twelve thousand yeah, yeah. pounds nowadays. You, you read that and you think that's fucking nothing. That's fucking nothing. Twelve grand. Twelve grand in, in, in late nineties or mid nineties Britain was a lot of money. You know, you you could, you know, to give an example, um, around this time, a little bit later. But around this time, uh, my sister bought her first house, and it was £52,000, right? That house recently, uh, a couple of years ago, sold for £185,000. So that should give people who maybe don't understand British finance and things like that an idea of... That was in 1999 she bought that house. So a few years after train spotting, but it was around about the same kind of market. So that can give you an idea of of how £12,000 can be viewed in that sort of spanning of time. And also how £12,000 could be viewed to these people. Because £12,000 would not far off get your flat in Scotland in that time. And it sounds insane, but it's true. And it's the, is he going to go off and is he going to spend it on more smack? Or is, is, that, is that it? Is, is that his way out? Was that his this is my way out of this life. Is he going to go off and get married and have kids and lead a, a productive, smackless life? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a film that leaves so much open-ended and yet you do feel satisfied. Absolutely, um, yeah. There's, I feel like Jordan said on the, uh, on the WhatsApp... Um, there is not an ounce of fat on this movie. It, it's, mm-hmm. And I, I completely forgot that it, it's, it's only like just over 90 minutes long. Yeah, I mean, I stuck it on um, uh, uh, last Sunday night, not the not Sunday, just got on the, the week before, and, and like, I, I stuck it on at like half ten. And I was like, oh, watch about half of this and then watch the rest tomorrow. I ended up watching the whole thing. Mm. Um, because, you know, it go- goes and it's off. And like I say, the come downy bit is only the last 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, and then by then you're just you're, you're kind of in. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it very very it's it's very pacey. Um, I fuck is it? That's the thing. I'm over a week removed, so I am somewhat struggling here to be honest with you. But it's um, I don't know. It's I knowing that it's a cultural milestone. I think maybe. I wonder if it wasn't for that, would it, you know, would people still talk about the strength of the film itself? And I think they would, but I do think that this film being so seminal does elevate ever so slightly. Does elevate it, yeah. It, it, yeah. it does, absolutely. And I can see, I can see what you're saying there. Uh, what I was surprised at going back to, it's been a long time since I watched it, um, probably a decade or so, if not longer. Um, what I was so surprised at is how fucking good it looks. I expected it to look a little bit amateur to be honest. Not amateur, that's too harsh, but 
not look fantastic. Look like look like a guy's second film. And it does. It, it, it looks. It looks great. The acting's great. The set piece is fantastic. Boyle directs the shit out of it. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on in there. Um, but it is well. I think we like you say with Trainspotting. There's the there's the cultural uh, element to it, but there's also it. It kind of it came along. You've got a, as as well piece piece together. It was riding the crest of a wave of uh, of the new American directors, so mm-hmm. people like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and things like that. And it was riding that wave, and it was a little bit like Britain and Scotland, especially saying, "Look, fuck it, here's our here, here here's our our kind of say on this." You've got you've got films like. Um, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction um, and a lot of the, the other movies I'm going to forget to mention here but there was a lot going on there well we've got this here's trade spotting here's a fucking snapshot of, of dire British life um, there you fucking go and going back and looking at it it's a really really good film and as well it kind of it opened the doorway to you know to a couple of years later getting lock stock and this new kind of little explosion of British films and it, 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 it pointed the microscope back on British films and said, hey, look, fuck you, we're making the... Look, fucking Ken Loach, he's still making movies. Hey, you fucking go. I have secrets and lies. It's brilliant. And there was a lot of that and it, it, it put... <laughs> weirdly, Transport helped put British films back on the fucking map by saying, look, we can, we're not just costume dramas. Look at what we can do. And, and I don't think... I don't think we give Boyle the fucking credit he deserves. And I'll talk about that more with Trainspotting too. I don't think we give him the, the credit he deserves for being quite as fucking good as he is. No, I mean, I, I mean, I think, like, kind of historically, I think it's probably because between Trainspotting and, and, and Slumdog, he... It, it, it kind of works in it works in genre. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it didn't quite work for him as well. You know, it, it, you know the Life of Sorry didn't quite work to be honest it didn't it didn't achieve what it expected to achieve and they did a couple of tv movies um as well where i think that was when he first started working with Anthony Don mantle i think wasn't it mm. and, and i mean like the, the beach was like pretty much traumatic for him yeah. um yeah i mean millions is um an, an interesting one. i mean obviously you got 28 days later there as well yeah. um fuck me man i mean just breaking it down, though, I mean, what a fucking filmography. And there is some that's, stunning stuff. That's there. what I, I, I mean by the fact that, 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 that and I know you do because you're, you're you're a very big fan, but it might be it might just be something that, that I do. But I think definitely, I look back at his his, his, his filmography the other day uh, and went, hang on a minute, that's a fucking. That filmography is fantastic. There's not a, there's not a, there's not, in my view, there's not a bad film in there at all. And there's a few really, really fucking great movies in there. But there's not one where you go, mm, bit of a misstep there. I like Life of the Sordomy. I think it's, it, I, it, it's got a lot going on. I like I it. Think, I, th- I think The Beach. I, like, I, I haven't watched it in a long time, but. I have fond memories of watching The Beach. I remember enjoying it the past few... The last time I watched it, granted, that was probably over a decade ago. I mean, I I really, really wish it was Ewan McGregor in The Beach. I really wish it was Ewan McGregor. Um, I mean, it it was DiCaprio in his huge 
pretty boy phase. Yeah. And I, you know, I understand why Boyle got DiCaprio in there and, and like by his own admission, didn't treat McGregor very well um, with it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, I don't know, it kind of, it, it, it took something of interest away. If you had Ewan McGregor there, it, Instead of American Pretty Boy, I wonder how much better that film would have been. I watched The Beach a couple years back, and I think I think it's decent, but it, it doesn't hold up the best, I would say. Right. Um, I'll look forward to giving it... I'm going to do a bit of a rewatch in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, nice, nice. But, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, I, 28 Days Later, Sunshine, obviously. Steve Jobs, you know, yeah. I, that's a fucking fantastic film. Um, it's... I, I don't know. There's... I mean, what is the through... What is the through line between all these films? There's There, there kind of isn't one. No. It's... You know, some of them are lo-fi as fuck. Like, 28 Days Later, the Blu-ray of that looks like shit. Yeah. Um, but it's because it, it's got, it was filmed on consumer-grade stuff, but it looks like shit. Yeah. And the Blu-ray very accurately represents that. But then you've got Steve Jobs, where it's shot in three different stocks. I, I, I watched the... Uh, like two different stocks in digital. Yeah, I, I watched the... Um... And what I'll do is I'll, 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 I'll use this as a segue uh, into Shallow uh, Grave. Uh, but yeah, um, our, I did, we did a poll uh, for Tradespotting. I'm guessing we're both definitely not shit on it. Oh, uh, have, you, have, you, have you said everything you want to say on Tradespotting? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Cool. I'm good, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we put that out for a vote. 21 votes. <laughs> definitely not shit. 90%. Wait, what touching, the fuck? Who's the other 10%? Touching cloth, 5%. And shit, 5%. Who the fuck says Trainspot? I mean, fair play. Hey, I, 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 I don't know, but I can see how some people just might not get on with its... It, 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 it's crassness, we'll say. I'd love to know what an 18-year-old thinks of Trainspotting. I'd be fascinated. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'll be able to tell you, because um, three of the 18-year-olds that I work with haven't seen it, and they're going to watch it, apparently. Oh, nice. All right, cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. So yeah, and, and it's not that they you work with them; they work under you. Just just be yeah. clear there. They work under you. They work under me. Very fucking far under me, fuckers. And one of them listens to this. So hi, Alex. Um, <laughs> nice. So um, yeah, segueing in nicely uh, about you talking about the uh, the grading um, stuff on that. Uh, I watched the Criterion of Shallow Grave, and it looked fucking lovely. And oh, yeah, nice. And I thought it was gonna look like shit. Yeah. I, that was my worry about that movie was I, I have very fond memories of Shallow Grave. I actually saw Shallow Grave before train spotting as well. Um and uh, back in the VHS days, but I thought, oh god, how how horrible and dated and horrible is this film gonna look? And I watched the Criterion Blue and it it, it looks fantastic. It looks really, really fucking good. It looks like a movie that was made two years ago. It was a treadmill film for me. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I watched you know? it on my phone the way it meant it was meant to be seen. Yeah. Well, do you know what? The thing is, you'd already seen it beforehand. You're rewatching it. You can rewatch something on a fucking treadmill, and you mm. can watch you can watch for the first time a ninety minute fucking comedy on a fucking treadmill. That's fine. It's you won't want to watch. For instance, shall I grab for the first time on a fucking treadmill? Please don't want your first time watching it. Oh, God, no. I'm Come on, now. Fucking hell. 
No, God, no, God, no, no. I mean, it just, it's, um, yeah, I, I found it quite an engaging treadmill film as well. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's, first off, got to say, fascinating that Kerry Fox's first build in it. Um, I know. Like, that's, that's a hell of a thing. Um, also, I hate the score. I like the score. Oh, fuck off. I like the score. The, the little dee 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 that, Yeah, I like it. Nah. Nah. Um, but, big fan of the, um, I love the structure of the film. I, I, I like that, starts off, they are smug bellends. Yeah, they're dickheads. Um, and Ewan McGregor is the alpha and how that changes through the course of the film. Um, you know, even through the little things like, oh, fuck, what's the guy they interview's name? Uh, for the for the house uh, is it I want to say Declan or Cameron Cameron that Cameron. was it yeah I, I love how he comes back into it and like that the whole payoff for that and that's such a key moment in the in the kind of the uh, the machofication of Ewan McGregor's character just as Eccleston's is kind of coming up but I love the way the film wrong foots you where you think it's going to be, the end is going to be um, Peter Mullen and other guy confronting them. Yeah. And then it's like, what, like halfway in or an hour in? It's just like Christopher Eccleston just fucking takes them yeah. out. Yeah, it, it happens so fucking quickly and so yeah. done, done. Um, very quickly, uh, for, for people who might not have, have seen uh, it, I don't know oh why shit. you were. Oh shit, yeah, fair um, enough. Shall I Grave, uh, 1994... Um, film uh, directorial debut of Dying Boyle. He's done a little bit of TV stuff. Uh, this was his first film. Um, stars Kerry Fox, Christopher Eccleston and Ewan McGregor. It is about three young professionals who have a flat in... It's in, it's in Edinburgh, isn't it? Yeah. I uh, thought it was Edinburgh, yeah. yeah. In, in Edinburgh, um, Ewan McGregor plays a, a, a journalist. Um, Kerry Fox plays a young doctor. And Christopher Eccleston is a chartered accountant. So they're all... Young professionals, more money than the uh, the average Edinburghian. Edinburghian. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, so they're looking for somebody else to share the flax as an extra room there, but they're being, like you say, dicks about it. Uh, they're interviewing people and asking them stupid questions, etc. So that very much feeds into the idea. Um, I'm going to spoil it because it's a fucking 23-year-old movie. Um, that's insane. Uh, I don't remember anything uh, They do find somebody uh, called Hugo, played by Keith Allen, um, to take the room. But on his first night, he um, seemingly overdoses or commits suicide. It's never fully mentioned. Um, but they find a suitcase full of money, a undisclosed amount of money, but it's a lot of money, uh, and decide that they're going to keep it and get rid of the body. And then Christopher Eccleston starts to go a little bit mad, doesn't he? Yeah, and I mean, I I like the way that they they build that up because it's almost a combination of him kind of like releasing his inner man. Mm. Um, but also trauma. Um, there's, there's, I don't know, there's like a good dichotomy going there. Um, the, you know, the way that he is forced into 
like uh, d- disposing of the bodies, and that's basically what sets him off. Yeah. Um, but then he gets more physical as the, as as the film goes on, you know, and like he, you know, the start of the film, he kind of has a thing for Kerry Fox's character, but he's very mousy about it, and then you know by the end he's kind of all over her and it's the, the kind of the power play there i think is really interesting and even though i mean like i wonder if the film would play out as uh, today as it as it did back then because it, it's kind of like the woman has the power in the relationships like playing the two guys off against each other and then at the end actually no one of the guys wins kind of even though they kind of all lose i think it's like, who has the last laugh? Ewan McGregor's character. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I think that's... It, it's a... Uh, I think you could still do that Do that now. It's not a... He doesn't... He doesn't necessarily get one over on because he's a guy. It's just... It, he, he was already... When the film starts out, he's the biggest bastard. At the start of the movie, it's made clear he's the biggest arsehole. The first fucking sort of... It's been, they're all a little bit dicks, but he's the biggest arsehole. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, why wouldn't he win? In the same way as... It's a different thing, where in in Trainspotting, he wins because he's maybe not the biggest arsehole or the biggest fuck-up out of them. Whereas in this, he is. And there's a, there's a line, an almost throwaway line, where... Um, Kerry Fox's character turns around to Hugh McGregor and says, you know, when he says, I- I'm not going up there, he says, well, you know, you've got something that, you know, over him. And she, he says, well, what? And she says, well, you're smarter than he is. And his response is, well, yeah, I always thought that. And yeah, it's almost like she she thinks that she's playing to his, um, to his ego. Yeah. But it's also exploring the fact that he says that, and he when he responds, he isn't doing it in an ego, taking the piss kind of way. He is going, actually, yes, I am, you're right. Yeah. It is like that, and it turns out, not, he's not just smarter than him. He's smarter than all of you. He's he, He's got the, the, the one-up on everybody. And it kind of, it, it, it makes sense that he would have that much bravado, because to be that young, that successful... In that kind of industry, you've got to be very smart, mm. and it's fair enough that you can have that bravado and that arrogance and that ego um, when you're that smart. You're allowed to. It's something that sometimes just goes with the what is it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you know some of the story beats don't quite like play ring true for me. I mean, I think um, Euro McGregor just so happens to be assigned the case. Uh, like the, the the story of the, the the bodies being found. Well, I I, uh, I think I think that is a little bit of the police have ensured that he gets signed to it. I don't know. I think it's just co- I think it's coincidental. I mean, yeah, that 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 one copper um does get like immediately like oh that's his reactions interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I do like the way that the police are immediately suspicious, you know, and it's they are actually quite shit at covering this stuff up. Um, and, you, you know, you do 
obviously by the end she's flying off to Rio de Janeiro because she knows they're fucked. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like the honesty there. Like they're not master criminals. And I mean, the idea about the burying the bodies would have been all right if they just dug them deeper. Yeah. It's literally, it's literally that, you know, there's the idea of, of did you have, you know, did Alex have it planned all along to to play out in some way where he was always going to fucking, Put those two over. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that that that's the question, isn't it? How long had the, the the stuff been in the floorboards for? I mean, obviously he has that dream where he's in in the floorboards. Yeah. Um. But you know, was that the time that he actually did that? I mean, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. There, there, there's an interesting idea there. It'd be interesting watching it again kind of remembering the story more than I did from the last time I watched it and, and looking out for the, those kinds of hints. Um, but I mean, it's just, again, it, it's also, it's a genre piece, which Boyle comes to get again and again. Um, but it's got a, it's got like good, like really talented young performers, but B it's got that kind of, um, the, the the visceral like um, storytelling as well. I mean the, the the opening sequence with the uh, the music by uh, Orbital. You know, I mean like that that stuff kind of could have been in Train Spotting in in sections like the fast moving things. Um, but it, 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 I mean it's it's not a chamber piece, but an awful lot of it does take place in that house, um, which is a good location as well. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but it is really just a tight little thriller. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's 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 a great little crime thriller. It, it, yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a total little bottle piece. All three performances, I think, are very strong in it. Um, I like the fact that it's quite airy and quite open. Um, it, it's it's not it's it's not trying to make you feel claustrophobic, which you know, given the sense of the like you say, it's all based in one location. Uh, they're not trying to make it feel like it's closed in on you. They're, they're, they're giving you a lot of space to breathe in it, and, which is really good. Uregg fantastic in it. You can see why he's gone on to be as as big a star as he has. Um, strange that Kerry Fox hasn't done that much since, because I think she's very good in this. Um, and, of course, Christopher Eccleston's very much forged his own path, uh, we'll say, with him. Um But, yeah, I think it's, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my rewatch of it, to be honest. I, thought it's, I think it's a cracking little movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. And uh, we had a um, 16 votes. Definitely not shit. 94%. Sweet. Bloody touching, I'm on the train spotting. Yeah, touching cloth, 6%. And shit, 0%. Yeah, better, better grade than uh, train spotting. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Fair enough. So, on to the, the, the main event, as they say. Um, train spotting, or T2 train spotting. Um <sighs> Set 20 years after, um, directed again by Danny Boyle, written again by John Hodge, starring again Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremer, Johnny Lee Miller, Robert Carlyle, uh, and there's other people um, crop up. So other main characters, I would say, are um, Veronica. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the real actress's name. Um, and a few other faces, uh, kind of all groups up, Shelley Henderson groups up, and Irving Welsh is back as well, uh, in a little cameo, um, 
from that. So the, the whole gang is back together. Uh, 20 years later, uh, when Mark Renton returns home uh, to Edinburgh, uh, he's been living in Amsterdam. Remember, we are all spoilers all the time, guys. So this is a new film, so you know we, we'll put that one out there. Returns from Amsterdam uh, after collapsing on a treadmill uh, and he's had to have a stent fitted in his uh, heart. Uh, and he's going through a little bit of a, a later midlife crisis. Uh, he finds that Ewan Bremner is still... Uh, a, uh, a drug addict um, that uh, sick boy or Simon as he's called in this which we'll get to in a second um, uh, is a, still a criminal but he's not great at it and he's also running his auntie's dilapidated pub and Begbie is in prison soon to be breaking out of prison <laughs> there as well um, T2 Trainspotting, I, before we get into it, I like the fact that they drop the nicknames and people are called by their real names. Uh, I think it's a really nice touch and it makes a lot of sense in a storytelling yeah. way um, in that. Uh, Ian, what did you think of T2 Trainspotting? Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's messy as sin. Um, like it's really, really messy. I think um, plot points seem to pop up and disappear, kind of throughout the film. Like never really, from a story point of view, never really seems to know what it actually wants to be. Uh, but um, I enjoyed it uh, immensely. Um, it's funny, sad. Um, I think the the final shot is fucking chilling. Mm. Um, like that, I was kind of blown away by that final shot. Um, and yeah, I, I was engaged throughout. Um, but it it did. I I thought it it did strike a couple of bum notes along the way. Um, your thoughts. I, I went into it and I was not kind of not looking forward to it to be honest in a way because I I, I I couldn't see a reason why we need to go back to visit these characters not saying that I didn't want to go back to visit these characters but I couldn't see a reason why why now was the right time other than the fact that it was 20 years which feels a little bit like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake sure. in the time that we are in where nostalgia is is quite um, popular um Becky was really looking forward to it, so we went in, um, and it started, and I thought, hang on a minute, am I doing this a little bit of a disservice in the back of my mind? This is Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle knows his shit. Danny Boyle wouldn't, doesn't need to do train spotting too to get his career back on track. His career's fine. Um, and he, he's not the sort of person who would do something just to get their career back on track. No, the actors really need to get their careers back on track. They're all doing fine. You know, it, this might give them a kickstart, but they're all doing fine. Maybe they're only back for it for the right reasons. And so that was during the opening scene, <laughs> where it's going like that, was when I started to be all right with the idea of transporting, of T2 transporting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was. I think it's fantastic. I think it's. It, I. It, it, I think it's probably. I need to do a rewatch, but I, it, there's a strong possibility it could be my favourite Danny Boyle film. Wow, them's fighting words. Good on you. I, I was 
absolutely blown away by it at points, by how much fun it was at points, how much care it treated the characters with, how it gave all of them their individual little bits without it feeling too much like it was going, right, now here's Spud's time to shine, and things like that, and how it explained their lives. There's a lot going on in terms of what uh, Anthony Don Mantle and Daniel Boyle are doing visually with it, which was really fucking cool. I didn't feel like they were just doing it for the sake of it. Um, it actually, it, it captured a, a spirit of... Where are these people now? Oh, well, yeah, Spud still is a drug addict, and this is this is what's happened. But he's he, he's still a, a drug addict. You know, John Lee Miller hasn't gone on to be a fucking crime superstar. He's just still a small time fucking crook, and he, yes, he's not a smackhead anymore, but he's a cocaine addict. Um, and you know, Yumrega, it, it didn't pan out for him. He went and he tried to pursue. He did choose life. He chose the fucking car. He chose all those fucking things on the fucking poster. And it didn't work out. You know, and he, he, there's a point where he turns around and says, I'm 46 years old and I've got to fucking start again. And it, it is a little bit like that. There is the, you know, Spud didn't fucking choose life. He chose to continue being a fucking a drug addict. Mm. Johnny Lee didn't fucking choose life. Baby didn't choose life. Yet they all fucking converged 20 years later in pretty much the same fucking places. And then there's the fantastic delivery where they bring the Choose Life bit into the movie uh, mm-hmm. in one scene. And you're going to just start saying it's Choose This and Choose This and Choose This and Choose This. And then it goes into an actual full fucking tirade of that. And it, it, it got me. It got me as an emotional, you know... It, point of, you know, we chose all this, and you're going to choose all this, and you know what? You're still going to end up in the same fucking place as you fucking did, would have done if you chose something fucking else, because everything's still going to be fucked, because everything's always fucked. And it is that staring down the barrel of, what is the fucking point? And yeah, that's not what it's like for everybody, but it's what it's like for this guy and this group of guys, and... There's almost these forgotten generations of people that were expected, oh, they'll be fucking fine, but they're not fucking fine. And it's that, and it's the... It made me look at it and say, holy shit, you look at what the fuck has gone in the past fucking couple of weeks in the fucking world, and it's shit. is, Is this what I'm fucking leaving either for Isabel to... To what? For her to live in or for her to fucking clean up? And it's it, it it struck a bit of a chord with me, um, mm. and yeah, there's, there's 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 a lot going on there that doesn't make sense. But I kind of I, I was one thing I was really worried about uh, with it was uh, that I referenced earlier um, when we're talking about Trainspotting is you really could be Renton back at those points and. You and Bremer could be Spud, and they could be these people because we didn't know them that well. Now we know them very, very fucking well. So it, when you're watching it back, when you're watching this now, would it be, I'm not watching Mark Renton, I'm watching you and McGregor. And it wasn't. They all fell back into these characters so effortlessly uh, that I think that helped it, it, it go along. And it, yeah, I was quite taken with it, to be honest. Yeah, no, it sounds that's very passionate, man. Good on you. I mean, I think it's a really interesting study of 
men seeing their mediocrity. Yeah, absolutely. And and how they process it. So Ewan McGregor goes back to all his own old haunts. Um, Spud, like who kind of has the biggest realization in in the whole film, really, where he's like, "I am who I am." I, 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 there is, I, I have now found an outlet. Ver, like Veronica's kind of like, and, and to a lesser extent, Mark has inspired a flame in him to do his writing. Yeah, and then you've got even Begbie starts taking the piss out of him, but then the, the, the ultimate sort of validation for it is when even Begbie gets fucking moved by it all. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, even he's, he's sat down, sticking the piss out of him, saying, "Go on, fucking read it." And then he gets into it, and he's like, "You've got something. There's something you've fucking got." Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's weird. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, fucking right. It's weird. I, it's so. I mean, you've got that, and you've got Begbie, who, I, I, I mean, that that scene towards the end where you know he shakes his son's hand, and it's just like you, you be you. Mm. You know, and it's not it's not saying I don't want you to be me. It's just you do you, you be you, you do what you want to do, it's okay. Mm. You know, I, I, I like that. So he's not even acknowledging that he's a bad person. He's just like, I'm gonna be going away for a long time. It is what it is. You don't wanna be me, that's fine. You know, and uh, which I I think is fascinating. And then you got um Simon who is just it is, well. yeah, yeah. I, 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 but but then by by the end of the film, Mark is back, kind of in that in his rut as such. But it, it's almost like he's accepted that this is just going to be what it is. Yeah. Um. And you know, I mean, like like I say, that like I said earlier, the last shot where he starts that kind of dancing and it's kind of like cutting between him doing that and um, like falling over and like falling over from yeah. the, the, the heroin in the first one. It's like, where the fuck is he going to be in 20 years? Well, that's it. it it's the, the amazing thing is I, I was got that thought. But I just thought I'd be happy in 10 years time. If we've got another fucking one of these movies where it, the, the shot was just Begbie still in fucking prison because you know that Mark and Simon are gonna end up just doing stuff together. They're gonna end up running scams together, and it almost seems like you and Bremner is gonna be on some kind of weird book tour, talking to people in fucking universities and things like that about his life, or they might be fucking making his what is it? His memoirs, which are train spotting. So it's almost. It's almost looking back at Trainspotting and saying, hey, your Trainspot was made 20 years ago. Yeah, well, weirdly, in a weird kind of fucking universe, that Trainspotting is based on a book that was written by one of the characters from Trainspotting yeah, 20 yeah, fucking yeah, years later. And that's that. And then his follow-up number to that is T2, which is this fucking, what is it? And it's just this super meta fucking thing that just kind of blows your mind of going, that's brilliant. It's so... It's brave making the movie, to start off with. It's brave making the movie a fucking 18, because they don't make enough 18s nowadays. Mm. It's brave making it an 18. 
it's it's brave having very little fucking story other than they get back together and try and open a brothel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I my 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 issues with the film, I suppose, is that 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 kind of thing there because you've got a film that is a, like getting on for two hours long. Mm. Not an awful lot actually happens. Now happens, I enjoy. Mate. I, I enjoyed spending my time with with the characters. Do not get me wrong, I really did. But it kind of feels like it's there's a little bit of box ticking in there. Have to have a bit where they do skag. Yeah. And that I I just what actually was the point of that? They do the skag and then they're in the club and then Begbie's in there and it kind of goes on from there. It kind of feels like you didn't actually need that. It kind of feels like it's a train spotting sequel, so we need a bit where they do heroin. Yeah. All right, fine. We need a bit where they um they go up that hill. Okay, fine. And I I, I understand, you know, it's the uh reference to Tommy and yeah. whatnot, and that's that's fine. And that conversation that they they have uh, about how they were both responsible for it is great. That the, the, the what is it is that's very that was I thought that, that scene was done very very well. The yeah him. Chewing him out about it and him going, you know, yeah, I accept that, but are you going to accept your fucking what is it? That made me in the cinema go, ooh, he's going to go there. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, it's the, I really, really liked the use of the, like, the repeated imagery from the first one as well. Mm. Um, the way it kind of acknowledges uh, to the audience, like, we know how big the first one was, but also in terms of the fact that, like, the events in, the characters' lives so shaped what where they went for the next twenty years. Yeah. Um, I you know I, I I think that's really interesting. It's just um I can't quite put my finger on it, but there just wasn't something that made it click for me in the way that it clicked for you. Mm. Like I, um, say, it is, it, I think it, 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 it's it's definitely one of those those films. I think it, it, it'll either. And you can still get a lot out of it, but I think for some reason it, it just it grabbed me in a way where I wasn't I really wasn't expecting it to grab me. I thought I thought I was going in to sit down for two hours of nostalgia porn, uh, which I was kind of all right with by that point. And then when there was an actual fucking movie there, uh, and it was as biting as it was at points, uh, and as not just playing for laughs as it was. I thought it was there was a lot going on. You know the the the, the story of Spud where he comes out and says, you know, when I left prison, you know, I, I realised I was great at forgery, you know, and I it was great, I was wonderful because I could I could do this and this and this and this, and it's just like what happened? He just goes chip and pip. Yeah, that and it's is like, you know what? Yeah, kind of makes sense. He's not smart enough to be a cyber criminal. Yeah, yeah. He's not smart enough. And the thing is, that's happening just after you've got um, Mark and Simon have gone into that club uh, and have stolen all the bank cards because they have a theory that all of the, the majority of the pin numbers are going to be sixteen ninety. I loved, I loved that. I didn't have a fucking clue where they were going with that, I, and it kind I, of was so obvious. I, now. Yeah, I had no idea of that. This is brilliant, and it, what's fantastic. The best bit about that scene is midnight. Go again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just fantastic. I, I mean, it's just it's it's really interesting because it's in. In a way, it's watching this guy who 
as you said with the first one, feels like he's he's kind of above everyone, and he he kind of does, you know, like he's like going like running up that hill with with Spud and whatnot, and like choose choose something else to be addicted to, um, and and then by the like the way that he kind of slopes back down at the end. I mean, it's not quite the downward spiral that like say the kind of the opposite of train spotting would be, but it's settling into it's like accepting his mediocrity and accepting that, you know, I can either choosing. Be, yeah. I, I can either be not great. I can either be one of the not great people doing what I was doing before where my marriage is fucking failed. I'm in a foreign fucking country and I'm about to get fucking made redundant or I can be king of the fuck ups. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, that wasn't, that wasn't fucking Simon's uh, idea. <laughs> To um, to do the the card thing, that was his idea, mm. and it is it's that I, I, I can either be very fucking good at this at, at scamming and skimming. I can be good at that and be brilliant at that. And you know what? I, I, I tried I tried choosing life and it didn't fucking work. So I'm gonna go back to choosing fucking about because I'm having fun. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And um, I just have to say, incidentally, the bit where after that the, the card scam they're in the house and jabbering away at Veronica <laughs> like yeah. Simon describing the John Barry bit of Bond music as a filthy piece of music <laughs> yeah. early moment of the cinematic year for me that yeah. um, I howled with laughter when that popped up on the screen because I've always thought that about that that piece of music that like it is fuck it that is just it is filth it's like he's fucking james bond is gonna fuck up some people and fuck some women and it's gonna be amazing and i like i love the way that that links in with the first one and um yeah just his kind of obsession with bond um it's you know it, it that's great i mean it just it feels like it feels like a sequel that was worth having. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's the victory of it. Do I, do I think it's as good? This is the thing with the first one. I was talking earlier on about how the first one's a cultural milestone. And if you take that away, how good is the film? And then do I think this is as good as the first one? And I'd have to say, I don't think so because it's not as tightly paced even though it's got the bloat of middle age, you could say. Mm-hmm. So it may be, you know, maybe that is, maybe that's in there. But I ever so slightly get the feeling that it was, right, we've got all these guys available for six weeks. We kind of need to do this now. Does it matter if we don't get one more draft done? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 there's, there's a little bit of, uh, there could definitely be a little bit of that. Also, I think there's a part of it where it's it's a little bit like there there could be a, a two and a half hour version of this movie where there's more to it. Yeah, I mean that that's that's interesting. So I was going to say um, that the, they actually shot it like in in twenty uh, twenty fifteen, hmm. um, but they spent over a year editing it, and I wonder if Sony. By the way, it's so weird seeing a TriStar logo at the front of this. Um, I wonder if Sony were a little bit like, we want it under two hours. Yeah. 
and they struggled. I, I, I would... If, if it came out there's a two and a half hour version of this that got a little bit more into into other bits of it um, I, yeah I mean I because like the whole Veronica betrayal thing slightly I was like oh okay really right oh fine there wasn't quite enough and I don't think it's because I, I, I was being slow or something I kind of feel like there wasn't well, maybe there was like a yeah, like maybe there was a scene or two where it gave some motivation that you know she actually had a live back in um, in uh, Bulgaria, I think it was. You know, because when you see her and it's, I'm assuming a kid at the end, it's like well, that kind of came from nowhere. Yeah, I, it is literally just. I think it's just a. She, she took she, she 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 took inspiration from both Mark's life and um, and uh, Spud's stories of I've seen an opportunity. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. You know, I I think it's it's so interesting to the kind of betrayal out the 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 group is Spud, but it's not a, it's not it's not even like a malicious one. It's just, you know, and I I love the the whole kind of like you're you're gonna fuck it up. You're that money. You're gonna fuck that money up. Essentially, it is. It's he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's like and and don't give the money to me. I'm I'm a scaghead. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, your half, I'll just blow it. Duh. Yeah, which is great because I mean, I that the bit early on where, like, he just says, you know, I'm a heroin addict. What do you think I did with the four grand? You know, and it's like, well, duh, of course, because at the end of Train Spotting, you're thinking, right, well, you know, Spud, oh, good on Spud. He's got that four grand, brilliant. And then it's like, well, what is the realization? Yeah, he just spent it all on smack. Yeah, well, the fact that at that point. Mark kind of goes, oh yeah, yeah, good point, really. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's like the audience going, oh, oh shit, yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, it's actually, I'm I'm talking to myself into liking it more, and I already liked it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's um, there's, yeah. there's so much. I think there's there's so much emotional weight, and there's a lot there's a lot of people getting a lot of things off their chest. It would seem in this movie, yeah, uh, which is which is I'm fine with. I'm fine with a combination of Danny Boyle, John Hodge, and Ivan Welsh, and even the actors to an extent, getting a lot off their fucking chest and essentially shouting at people. It feels like a movie that's shouting at the audience a little bit. Sure. In almost in almost a fucking touching on a fucking Hanukkah way of Boyle. It is. It's such a smart movie that's that's almost masquerading as not being a smart movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's interesting because, I mean, I, I saw it um, uh, Friday night, um, you know, in a multiplex and there were a lot of people laughing at a lot of things and there was stuff in there where I'm kind of thinking, like, I'm not entirely sure if that is supposed to be funny. Mm. Um, like, kind of, I mean, like, Begbie, I thought was fucking tragic. Like, yeah, yeah like the shit he says to his son is, is quite, like, funny to an extent, but... At the same time, it's just like this is your fucking son, and you know that 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 last scene between him and his son that I, I, I mentioned earlier on. You know, it, it's I I think that's that's the making of Begbie in this film. The fact that he doesn't have a realization. It's like oh, I'm going to stop doing all this stuff. It's like I am who I am, hmm. you know, and you're not me, and I'm going to like basically try and murder these guys. Yeah, and is. very you know very nearly do it. Yeah, it, it, there's a 
there's no real there's no real art to Begbie. He's 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 a man who's never grown up because he never got and it's not because he never got the chance to grow up because he was in prison. It's because he's too much of a prick to grow up. Mm. You know, he, he'll have been that much of a prick when he was 15 and he's still that much of a prick now and he'll always will be a prick because he's the prick who doesn't know he's a prick. Whereas Mark knows that he's a dick and that he, he's a bit sanctimonious and Simon knows that he's a, a criminal who isn't as isn't as as big a fucking deal as he thinks he is. Whereas Begbie just isn't aware of the world around him. He's aware of his world, and that's it. Mm, that's a good way of putting it. I'm, I'm fucking... Dude, like, I haven't heard you as straight-up passionate about a film in in a long time. You know, I mean, you're always passionate about films generally, but, like, the, the way you're getting your teeth into this, man, I, I love how much of an effect it's had it, on it, you. Dude, it, 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 it spun me. And let like you say, that, that closing scene with the... The, the flickering of the, the wallpaper I was because you've mentioned it and said it's got a fucking great end scene and I love a great end scene we, you know it's one of the, the movie things that me and yourself many movie things that me and yourself share is that fucking great end end shot and end scene mm-hmm. and I was thinking right what's it going to be what's it gonna, I was thinking what's it going to be is it going to be is it going to be Spud doing something is it going to be what, what what's it going to be and then it was that and it was like that's brilliant it's just so it makes such sense not just with this movie but with the other movie as well. And that is the thing, is this movie stands alone as its own movie, but it also makes perfect sense with Trainspotting. It's it's the weird thing of, you could could watch it without ever seeing Trainspotting and still get what's going on and still get enough out of it. But if you've seen Trainspotting 20 years ago, you'll go, ah, I remember that, I remember that. But if you've seen Trainspotting two fucking days ago, you're getting more and more out of it. it, it, it yeah, it's a, a thoroughly, thoroughly, definitely not shit from me, and I, I'll be, I'll be very, very pleased if if there's ten fucking better movies than this this year. Yeah, this is going to be on your top ten, man. I'd it's be, going. To I'd be, be amazed yeah. if it if it's not. Um, but yeah, and I I, just, I also think that it's going to get better with more watches. Yeah, I I could I could see that. I could definitely see that. I'm all, I, I'm more like. I, I I would happily watch it again tonight. You know, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely one of those. And I could quite easily have last night. In fact, had we not uh, need to get home to have, uh, to, have, if, to have dinner with Isabel um, last night, she went to see it at like half five. Um, I probably would have just gone straight back in. It's like me with Triple X last week. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, eighteen votes. <laughs> uh, definitely not shit. Eighty nine percent. Okay. Touching cloth. 11%. Oh, good stuff. Which means that nobody thought it was shit, and I'm, I'm very heartened by that. Mm. I'm glad mm. the fact that people have been, have been getting on with this. For sure. How long do you have? I have about 10 minutes. Oh, fuck me. All right. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest, I have virtually nothing of fucking notes in what okay. I've been watching. Um, well, I'd say, I mean, we'll talk about War on Everyone next week, then maybe. Um, yeah. Even though, then again, we got six films to cover next week. Oh, fuck, we do, don't we? Let's 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 talk a little bit more of everyone now, then, because I've not I've not that much to say on it. But I'll yeah, no, okay. I thought it was funny. I thought it was messy. I don't really remember any of it now. It, I, 
I was annoyed by the habit of people starting talking about random things. Like Alexander Sarsgaard has a weird thing of just talking about like random facts about things in the film. And I, I was a little bit, I don't really care. I thought his relationship with the girl as well, I, you know, whatever. Um, I thought him and Michael Pena were fun together. Caleb Landry Jones was, you know, very brave, good on him. Yeah. Fun performance. Um, I could see why people were a bit yeah about it, to be honest. I, I, I can't absolutely see why people were mad about it, but I had an absolute blast for it. I love the fact that Alexander Skarsgård decided to use um, the um, voice, the, the same voice that uh, Johnny Depp uses in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's a good shout, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I love that. And the... the, the Two fucking funniest moments in the movie are him chasing the midget, saying, come back here, you little bastard. It's yeah. magnificent. And the, uh, the, the, what is it? The, I don't know, we didn't think this through, did we? We've come away them. What we're going to do is stand around and fucking wait for it to walk by. We haven't thought this through. Oh, wait a minute, there he is. <laughs> Just yeah. the ridiculousness of that. Oh, fuck, come and hide out. All right, in Iceland, yeah. But, you know, it's not my place. It's for a black guy to hide out. <laughs> it's, it is John Michael McDonough doing John Michael McDonough in the sense that he's just been offensive to everybody. It's, there's so many, ooh, you can't say that, moments in this movie about every type of nationality. It's, yeah, I had a blast with it. It's such a lot of fun. And Kirby Jones is just, what, it, it's it's just such a weird performance, but in a, a fantastic way. This movie was made thirty; it should have been made thirty years ago. Yeah, that's okay. That's a good way of putting it. I, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I knew you would. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, if there was anybody out there that was going to enjoy that movie, it was me. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> okay, go on then. What, what what else have you got on that you want to chat about, or is it going to uh, for next week? Uh, I mean, we'll talk about uh, Hacksaw Ridge at a later date when you get around to it. Um, the Final Girls, which is on Netflix. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and fun 90 minutes, actually. Yeah. Um, like, it's got some good, like, visual trickery going on. It's quite funny. Little bit, look how clever I am at points, but I, I enjoyed it. And uh, Sadako versus Kayako, which is the ring girl versus the grudge girl. Um, which is on Shudder, the, uh, the the new like VOD service. Um, and it was at Fright Fest as well, I think. Um, I heard it was fun and silly, and uh, I, yeah, it was all right. Um, takes a long time to tie the two threads together, and then when they are tied together, it's maybe for about ten minutes. Oh. But. Yeah, like it, it's not it's not Freddy versus Jason. I'll say that um, it's basically a ring film and a grudge film, but more ring film than grudge film. And then they have a fight at the end. Oh. Good ending though. Um, like the last like thirty seconds or so, it's kind of you see it coming, but it's quite fun. And I'd maybe watch another one if they continued in that direction. I would say. Um, it's weird that Rings is out this week. Yeah. I have seen no advertising for that film. No. I have not. 
it, 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 it is strange the fact that it just does seem to have disappeared a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there you go. I'm done. Cool. Uh, right, we have one question. Um, Steve Dixon uh, at the Great SD uh, on the Danny Boyle theme. What are your top five Danny Boyle movies? Oh, fuck me sideways. All right. Um... Uh, Sunshine, uh, Steve Jobs. Um, oh, this is top to well, one to five. Yeah. Sunshine, Steve Jobs, uh, Train Spotting. Uh, oh no, Twenty Eight Days Later. Then Train Spotting, and then Shallow Grave. Cool. Mine would go. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say it. One, T two. Fair enough. Train Spotting. Then. Um, Trainspotting, then Steve Jobs, then sh- 28 Days Later, then Shallow Grave. You need to rewatch Sunshine. Uh, no, shit, I've got Sunshine. I genuinely forgot Sunshine. Sunshine would actually, yeah, would probably push out, sh- push in above 28 Days Later. But I do need nice. to rewatch Sunshine as well, actually, you're right. I do need to rewatch it. It's been a long time since I've watched it, and I always remember really, really enjoying it. Um, so I, I do need to rewatch it. Nice. Cool. Uh, so, Ian, what have we got in store next week for people? <laughs> oh, I've started my homework today. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, we're doing Resident Evil, uh, which I don't think Noel's joining us for anymore, the bastard. He, he, he but uh, we're going to do all six Resident <laughs> Evil films because we kind of said we were going to do it three or four months ago. So I suppose we'd better go through with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, climaxing with Resident Evil, the final chapter, which I've got to say, I'm quite looking forward to. Yeah, well, I, I'm starting watching them on, I'm, I'm planning on doing the bulk of them on Saturday, just going to watch all of them in like a marathon. Fucking hell, Mark, really? I might even do all of them. I'm going to, I've got 20 minutes of the first one, and then I think I'll probably watch the sec- the whole of the second one tonight. And then I think I'm going to do three and four tomorrow. So that's Wednesday, five on Thursday. Then I'll probably go see final chapter Friday night. You see, the thing is, I, uh, I won't watch one tonight. I'm at work till eight o'clock on um, tomorrow night. Um, so I might be able to in the first after that. I've got plans Thursday, um, and plans Friday. Uh, and then obviously we're recording on Sunday so I'm going to watch I might watch them all on Saturday fuck it yeah and I'm sorry I'm going to we're going to have to record Sunday because we're I'm recording we're, Sunday yeah we're going away for a few days next week I'm so actually, it's uh, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking for the last time I watched the Resident Evil movies actually I watched them in a marathon okay fair enough so I, I'm happy to do it again I, I will say 20 minutes away from the uh, from the end of the first one I quite like the first one it's fine it's it's a decent action horror Oh, we'll, we'll, we will get into them because I. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about it. Yes. Uh, so that was episode 194, uh, people. Um, we hope you enjoyed uh, a little trip down uh, memory lane, a little trip down the tracks of memory lane uh, with Transporting and the review of Transporting 2 with Shallow Grave. Um, DudeMonkey.com, uh, uh, at gmail.com, at DudeMonkey on Twitter, at Ian Laurie on Twitter, at DudeFoz on Twitter. Anything else I've missed there, Ian? No, fuck yeah, good show. Glad you like that film so much, man. Thank you very much. Uh, we shall speak to you next week. Thank you very much for listening, people. Boom. <laughs>